Hello and welcome back to another episode of Being with me, your hostess, Ayabola Deborah. This is a very different episode and it was not one that I had planned to record. Um, but in light of recent events, COVID-19 aside, there is something I want to get off my chest. Um, my very, very heavy, hurting, grieving chest. Um, the last few weeks have been very, very tense. There has been a lot of things happening. Um, and it's been very, very overwhelming processing the amount of information that is being pumped um, in all directions. And I'm speaking directly to activities currently happening in America. Um, three unarmed African Americans um, were murdered by um, either the police or white supremacists. This is not the first time this type of thing has happened. Um, but something broke in people over the last few days in particular when they saw the injustice that was taking place. Um, a police officer had his knee on a man's neck for nine minutes and that man died in the street like a dog. Um, and people are angry. I think people are, were already at the edge because of the effects of the global pandemic and this has just kind of tipped the scales and now there are protests and riots everywhere. Um, I had a, a group therapy session this morning and um, of course this wasn't what the topic of conversation was. We were actually talking about protection um, and we were talking about shame and my heart has just been so heavy with everything that's been going on. I was kind of in and out of the session, not really contributing much, um, but just processing. And after each session, we are required to um, submit written feedback. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be extensive, just to kind of summarize your thoughts and what your reflections are. And fortunately for me, I'm a very reflective person. I take time to process things before I act or, you know, just to understand things better. And um, I opened my laptop or the note, the note section on my laptop and I began to type um, and I typed more than three pages, um, which I was hesitant to send, but I think needed to be sent. It was my way of expressing what was on my heart. Um, and I'm going to share it with you guys today. Um, I've titled it, I Don't Feel Protected. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory, if I can get my words out. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so I'm going to go through it with you now. My feedback this week is long and may be a little unsettling to read, but I think it's important that I air out my feelings. Feelings that I know are felt by others just like me all across the world, even in this very moment. There are many complexities to what I'm going to attempt to explain, and I don't believe I have the scope or the breadth to be able to address it with the eloquence and justice it deserves. But I'm going to try and address how it relates to what we discussed today, Shame, a word I'm still trying to grapple with, and protection, particularly protection. The conversation today, particularly around protection, was interesting for me in light of events that have taken place over the last few weeks, but more specifically when I connect it to the history of black people in the world. During the session, I found my mind wandering and thinking about many things, but the crux of all of these things is how I don't feel protected. 
The global pandemic, like we mentioned today, has resulted in the death of thousands of people, of whom a disproportionate amount are BAME. That's not a term I like to use often for a number of reasons I won't go into, but the point is that people who look like me are dying at a much higher rate. No one can hide from this virus. It doesn't discriminate against age, for the most part, gender, race, ethnicity or otherwise. So to hear that people who look like me are at a higher risk of dying from the virus is in itself scary. But when I hear stories about black people like Belly Mujinga, who who was doing her job, being spat at by a man who claimed to have the virus and then dying, I don't feel protected. That feeling of lack of protection deepens when I read that the police are not going to investigate further. To me, that says, you can play by all the rules, you can serve others, you can be minding your business, abiding by the law, be a key worker, but if you're targeted and you are hurt or you die, we are not going to do anything to get you or your loved ones justice. That silence is crushing. Both my parents are key workers. Belly Mujinga could have been my mum or dad. I don't feel protected. I personally know of many black women whose physical pain has been ignored by medics in the UK and have subsequently died because they were ignored. Black women in the UK are more likely to die from complications during pregnancy and childbirth than their white counterparts. I have heard countless stories of traumatic births from female friends and family and to be honest, it does not fill me with confidence. It took almost 10 years for my concerns around continuous migraines to be taken seriously and even then, when I was finally able to see a specialist, the unsympathetic, unengaged neurologist just reeled off a long list of drugs that had such adverse side effects that I'm better off dealing with the pain than with the effects of the medication. When it comes to my health, I don't feel protected. Global pandemic and the personal losses that have come with that and health-related issues aside, I have felt very overwhelmed, angry, hurt and deeply resentful over the last couple of weeks following the news of the deaths of three unarmed African-American men and women in America, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, all murdered by the police those with close ties to the police or by white supremacists, all within the last few weeks and months. And if you asked me to, I could reel off a list of several more who have suffered this same fate, but saying their names hurts. I don't feel protected. While these instances are not new, the frequency of these incidents is is a cause for concern. They are deeply traumatising and they invoke nothing but fear and discomfort. How can I be affected by what I see happening thousands of miles away in America? I don't live there. I don't know these people. I'm not connected to them. So what point am I trying to make? My point is, they look like me. They look like my brothers, my uncles, my aunts, my mother, they look like the sons and daughters I will one day have. 
They look like the people I love and when I see the desensitization to the brutalization of their black bodies, when I see the defamation of their characters even in death, when I see the erasure of their pain, when I see the trauma inflicted on an already traumatized community, I don't feel protected. No, the police in the UK do not carry guns, but one and a half thousand people have died whilst in UK custody, a significantly large percentage of those people who are are black. Julian Cole, a young black semi-professional football player, had his neck broken in England whilst in police custody and has been left paralysed for life. He requires 24 hours round-the-clock care, with no compensation or acknowledgement of any wrongdoing from the government or the Metropolitan Police. I don't feel protected. Black people, particularly black men, are 40 times more likely to be stopped and searched in the UK. I myself have been accosted by two police officers late at night, driving back, alone might I add, from a wedding and threatened with arrest. I fear constantly for my brothers, my father, my uncles. I fear for the sons I have not yet birthed. I fear for how I will navigate the conversation of race and relations with my children. How do I tell them that no matter how good they are, there are some who will judge them because of the melanin in their skin? How do I tell them that just because of their race and gender, the odds are perpetually stacked against them? How do I teach my children that the institution that is supposed to protect them often won't but will instead target them? How do I teach my sons what they must do if they are stopped by the police on their way home from school? What do I tell them to do if they are arrested because they fit the description? Why should I even have to have these conversations with my children? I don't feel protected. As a black woman in the corporate world, I, like many other black women, every single day live a life of towing the line and minimizing ourselves in order to avoid being labeled angry black women when we express ourselves emotionally, intimidating or arrogant when we are confident, unapproachable because we refuse to pander to institutionalized racial structures that minimize us, bully when we speak up against the injustices we see every single day. We balance our personalities and our true selves. We shrink ourselves and keep a smile on our faces and keep going just to get by. And it is exhausting. This is my personal experience, so I know of what I speak. I don't feel protected. Racism in the UK isn't as bad as it is in America, Deborah. No. It's worse. The insidiousness of the silence and the denial that it even exists is worse because in America, you know where you stand. But here, the erasure of our daily lived experience of being watched, judged, stereotyped, labelled, abused and marginalised. I could go on, but I won't. Now, racism in the UK doesn't look like being shot or mass incarceration. It doesn't look like the KKK or neo-Nazi white supremacist rallies. It doesn't look like a president blatantly encouraging hatred for the other. But it looks like suppression, silencing and erasure. 
It looks like more outrage against being called racist than for racism itself. It looks like a perpetual state of unwillingness to learn and acknowledge the contributions of black people in this country. I don't feel protected. But you know where I do feel protected? With my family. My mum always fought for us. She always fought for us. In school, if they tried to label, label us, she would speak up for us. Being a teacher herself at the time, she was privy to staff room discussions and so she knew how the system operated and that always worked in our favour. I felt protected. My mother was always affectionate. I've always known that she loves me. She supports me. She attended as many assemblies as possible, even while working multiple jobs. She attended shows. She picked me up after concerts when I sang. She, do- she joined my dad and clapped as I conducted the choir in one of the many school services we had in Westminster Abbey when they shouldn't have been clapping in the first place. She challenged my school when one of the teachers tried to control an event I was planning. The head teacher ended up calling her on a Saturday morning to apologise and vowed to support us as long as we were not in breach of any school or safeguarding rules. I felt protected. Many black people in the UK, in America and across the world generally only feel protected when they are with their own. But we are not alone in the world. We're not alone. There's so many of us. There's so many of us and there's so many others. We have to get to a place where we live together in unity, where we love one another, where we are at peace with one another. And it starts with the one. It starts with you as the individual. It starts with me as the individual. Unlearning all these negative rules and stereotypes and prejudices we have against each other and reaching out an arm of extension to show love. It starts with education and while I may feel like it's not my job to educate white people as to why racism isn't good, it's not my job to educate white people on a problem that it is theirs because racism is their problem. It's not my job to teach that. Maybe in the way I live my life, I can show that one day, possibly, if I hope deep enough, if I pray hard enough, that we can live in a world where we all feel protected. We can live in a world where we all feel safe. We can live in a world where we don't have to worry that our children will go out the door and not come back in one piece. We don't have to worry that cycles of trauma generational trauma will not continue in the lives of our children and our children's children. I want to live in a world where I feel protected but right now I'll be honest I don't feel protected. I know that was really heavy um, but I really needed to get that off my chest and I hope that um, some of the things that I said particularly at the end the hopes that I have we can all join hands together and hope in the same way I don't have the answers I really don't I don't know what the solution is um but one thing my brother always used to say is that if the individual person if the one person can get things right then they will teach their children to get things right and hopefully that begins the ripple effect that 
inspires change across the community and then the rest of the world. Um, Wherever you are, stay safe. Wherever you are, remember, love is everything. And um, wherever you are, hopefully one day we can live in a world where you and I won't be afraid of each other. Um, people won't be afraid of each other. People won't judge each other. Each other. People won't kill each other just because of the color of their skin. Um, until next time.